Welcome to the best things in life podcast with Kevin Hamoki. And uh, welcome to another episode of the Best Things in Life podcast with me, Kevin Amoki. This is my podcast. Uh, if this is your first time checking out the pod, uh, the way this podcast works is that I determine what the best is in any given subject. Today, I'm talking about the best 90s romantic comedy movie, you know, uh, but, you know, next time I could be talking about the best 90s toys the best 90 the best toys from the 90s you know that, that that's how it works you know i could pick whatever i want whenever i want because this is my podcast and i record it uh from uh my car you know if this is your first time checking out the pod thank you very much it really means a lot that you uh, took a chance on 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 this podcast you know i know nowadays with 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 how things are going in the podcasting world you know and controversial i can't even say the word but controversy you know in in all in all forms it's uh you're like i don't know if this pod is for me is he gonna say the n-word maybe i will and by n-word i mean nutella that's dude that's a hacky joke everyone's doing it now but anyways um yeah i uh don't forget to like comment subscribe do all that stuff it really helps out the pod i am trying to grow it uh if you're listening to this it is on all platforms even spotify and iTunes, Google, and all that stuff. Again, I'm too small to really get involved with whatever politics is going on in the world. If you're watching this on YouTube, that would be, that would, that would be really cool because you could you could see that I record my podcast from my car, and I'm currently uh, at the Scarborough Bluffs in Toronto, Canada. It's actually a nice day. I went out for a walk, had a little bit of coffee, saw saw the sun, you know, and did 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 outdoor activities. And by outdoor activities, I mean, I just walked around the parking lot for like 10 minutes, got a little bit of sun and was like, yep, let's do a fucking pod, you know, down my coffee and all that stuff. Um, you know, but I hope I hope uh, you're doing well. I hope you are in good health, both mentally, physically and spiritually, <laughs> you know, uh, fuck. Yeah. Well, 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 yeah, it's been uh, it's been it's been a pretty interesting we're almost coming up on two years of this pod, you know, and uh, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. You know, if, 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 you, if, you, if you've been along for the ride, you know, it's been pretty rough. Uh, that's how it is. It's, it's, it's pretty rough. But, you know, we're, we're, we're getting better each day. I'm working. Listen, before this pod, I was uncomfortable with fucking talking into a mic sitting in my car alone. It was fucking weird. It was fucking weird. I mean, it is still technically weird. That, you know, I, I'm doing it. I mean, and, and the fact that I'm doing out in a public parking spot, I mean, if, you, if, you, if you've seen the pod before, you never know what can happen. I've had, I've had other people park right beside me. I've had people come and tap on the window and be like, hey, wh what are you doing in there? What are you doing in there? It's like, oh, fuck it. And, you know, I, I've had, I've had running with cops. And by run-ins, I mean, they try to catch me, but they can't because I have an 06, an 09 must. <laughs> 
I have an 09. I drive an 09 Mustang. You know, it gets me from A to B. Also, I've been pretty good. Like I said, I've been I've had insurance since I was like 22. So, I'm, you know, I've slowly built up my 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 uh, insurance credit. Never had an issue. Knock on wood. None around me because this is a plastic car. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, that that's uh that that's how it works. Uh, the reason I want to talk about uh Valentine's, no, not Valentine's, nineties romantic comedies, is because uh one. It is the month of February, and other than it being Black History Month, it is also the time of love. Valentine's is around the corner. I think this pod is going to be coming out on Valentine's Day, in or out, whatever. So, uh, you know, again, I try, I try to do pods that are in relative to what's going on at that particular time. Now, I know last week, I think I did a pod on fucking, a couple of weeks ago, I did a pod on uh, Italian cold cuts, you know? And did that have anything to do with the month of January? No, but I just so happened to be in an Italian cold cut mood. So I decided to do it. So that's how this podcast works is that whatever I'm feeling, you know, I, uh, I do. And the, the possibility possibilities are infinite, you know? Um, yeah. What's it called? You know? And then, yeah, with the month of February, valentine's i mean you know i could have done stuff about black history but i'm like eh. with, with how things are in the news right now might want to might want to stay a little stay a little clear from from certain subjects right so i decided why not why not talk about love and funny you know and the 90s because i mean all, all those things were, were pre- are pretty good right um I'm also a movie. I'm I'm also a movie fanatic. I'm re, uh, I, I I binge watch movies. I I've pretty much. I mean, just in this past, in this past week or so, I finished uh, Jack Reacher on Amazon Prime, which was actually really good. I've read the first book. I've actually read the book that the the show, the first season was based on, and they knocked it out of the park. So those are my recommendations. Uh, you know, I finished uh Yellowstone, and another amazing series. I also recently, last night, just finished uh, the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, and I'm a Star Wars fan too. So, like, listen, I'm 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 caught up with all like you know really good. Sh- I don't have HBO stuff, so don't come at me with HBO. But I got Disney Plus, I got Netflix, and I got Amazon. Those are my three rotating whatever, and I try to f- watch whatever shit that comes out on that. I watched uh, Ozarks, you know, Ozarks, eh, a little, not as good as some of the past seasons, but still, still good. Tension building. It ain't no Breaking Bad, guys. For anybody that's like, Ozarks is better. No, 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 you're, you're wrong, but that's okay. That's okay to be wrong. You know, that that's why I do this podcast, because I tell you what is the best. And then you go check it out for yourself. And if you don't agree with it, uh, you're wrong. You're wrong. And then. You should reply in the comments and tell me why I'm wrong. And then we'll go at it and have a fucking online social media war, which, you know, I'm a, I'm a master of. If, if, if social media was, if social media was a, a battleground, I'd be, I'd be Rambo, you know, just going in, shooting my shit, not giving a fuck about what you think. And I take all y'all, 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 y'all out. I take all y'all out, you know? Nah, I don't really. I don't know, man. I, tw- Twitter, Twitter, Instagram—it's all fake, guys. It's all fake. It's not whatever, right? So, 
but yeah, I, I am I am curious to know like your opinions on things, right? You know, like 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 I I I'm interested in all these subjects, whether whether it's fucking cold cut meats, whether it's Nike shoes, whether it's fucking romantic movies from the nineties. I'm interested in it, you know, and I do a little bit I do I do the bare minimum of research, try to get a general overview, and then I use a little bit of my own personal opinion of you know, I've seen most of these movies and whatever and and I inject all of that, and then I come to the decision of what the best is. And generally speaking, generally speaking, I'm right. I'm just right, you know, because <laughs> for anyone that's like, no, he never gets it right. He's actually wrong all the time. All, all, all his conclusions of what the best is is actually wrong. I don't even know why I'm listening. If that's you on the other end of this podcast, um, I got you, bitch. I got you because you're listening. You're listening. And, you know, hit that. I don't think you can even hit dislike anymore. I don't think you can say anything. I don't think you could do negative actions on social media anymore. So just hit the like. Just hit the like. Okay. Or share or whatever. Or, yeah, share it and, like, get outraged by it. I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm. I had a little bit of coffee, but I also just took my blood pressure medication. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that 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 that's where I'm at health wise. Okay, I uh, uh, update. I guess update on my health. Uh, I'm doing all right. I uh, I've been taking uh, Ozempic, which is like a pre-diabetic medication. Technically, I didn't really need it. Uh, it's not covered by my insurance, but uh, I was like. Whatever, I'm going to take it because apparently it helps with AIDS. I have, I've dropped a couple pounds. I've dropped a couple pounds. Literally did no exercise last week. I was just too busy with bullshit. Uh, and yeah, you know, so. And then and then I recently got on blood pressure medication because there was issues, blah, 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 blah. I'm feeling good. And my goal is to literally, you know, I've always gotten this. Like, you can't buy well, you can't buy health. Health, health is, or what do you call it? health is wealth, and you can never buy. Listen, I'm buying it. You know, look at my teeth for those that are watching it. My braces fucking hurt right now because the two back ends. If you know anything about braces, my I don't know the back end of my mouth. They're it's widening and it's scrubbing against the fucking edge of my mouth, and it hurts. You know, but I'm doing it because I can afford to get braces now. When I was a kid, my parents couldn't do it. You know, we we were poor. You know, I grew up in a I grew up in the hood. Nah, we, we were poor and we just couldn't afford it. So now that I have a good job and benefits and all that stuff, and I'm a proper earning uh, uh, adult. By the way, uh, you should read. Uh, speaking about wealth, I recently finished uh, Ramit Singh's uh, "I Will Teach You to Be Rich." I will teach you. To, I will teach you to be rich. Book. Uh, I actually did a podcast on the best book on wealth and. Uh, I think originally I picked Think and Grow. I don't know. You got to go check out that pod. But that book honestly, like, really helped me figure out, like, like the automation of things, you know, bank, credit cards, all that stuff. Anyways, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm using my money to buy health and get my health, you know, so that I can continue to do this pod from my car well into my 80s. You know, I'll, 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 I'll do this podcast. That's the thing. I I went on Twitter recently and I saw people like, oh, my podcast isn't making any money. It's like, well, it's not about that. This podcast is not about money, even though I would like 
to get sponsors and, you know, fucking hundred million dollar deals from Spotify. Listen, Spotify, if you're listening to this, I will cut back on the amount of N-word usage if you give me half of what Rogan got. <laughs> Listen, I don't know, man. I, I've, I've done pods like I like technically. I mean, I had a podcast before this. Uh, I don't think I said the N word, but the thing is, is that I've 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 been doing like in and out. I okay history for anybody that's new to this. I I, I originally took my first shot at comedy. Uh, I think back in '09 or whatever. No '09 or '08. Or what, I think 09, and then graduated 12. I went to Humber College Comedy School pr- program. Yes, it's a real program where you learn how to be a clown, tell jokes, and, yeah, you know, there's physical comedy. You know, I can I can move my face or whatever. Uh, I, I did all that, and, uh, you know, I, this is a different time, not an excuse, but I must, I must, I, I've had to have done, because I don't believe in filters. I think, I think if it's funny, regardless of what comes out of your mouth, if you can get a laugh, this is where the risk is. If you can get a laugh, I don't give a fuck what you say. It could be the most horrible, heinous shit. But if, if it makes the people that you're trying to entertain laugh, it, it's all go. It's all green in my eyes. It's all green lights in my eyes. You know, I, th- I think, uh, I think, especially, if, you know, the goal, if you're a comedian, it's never to offend, you know, it's never to to hurt it's never to you know this whole idea of punching up punching down what those are side things the primary the primary goal is to make your audience laugh to make whoever you want laugh and whatever means you do to get there i think it's it's free game you know now unfortunately because you know i mean you never know if you're going to blow up and get bigger and bigger in your audience. And the truth is, is that the bigger, bigger your audience is, uh, the more risk of you offending a particular someone. Right. So like, no, like no one gave a fuck about Rogan when he was, uh, the fear factor guy, you know, and all that stuff. No, no one really gave a fuck about what he was saying. like, dude, the guy, the guy could have been saying, you know, who knows or whatever. Right. But the moment, the moment, uh, he became, an influence, you know, over a certain segment of the population, uh, they started caring. So, but at, yeah, again, I don't like to get into the, into the politics of shit, but, uh, you know, I'm, he- I'm here to do these pods to entertain you, maybe give you a little bit of information, a little bit of value information, you know, like for instance, if you're trying to watch a movie this Valentine's day, if you're a guy and you're like, fuck man, I got, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I got to spend the night in with the lady, you know, and, you know, we're going to we're going to have a romantic night. And but but, you know, she wants to do girly shit and watch a watch a romantic movie. Well, I'm going to tell you what these movies like, you know, these are some of the best. And there's going to only be one that I think fits fits the criteria of being romantic and funny at the same time. I'm not a bit like I'm not a big fan of just the romance movies, like the straight up romance movies like. Listen, I've seen, listen, I went, I I went through a period, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a, after a breakup, I started for some weird fucking reason, I started watching Nicholas Sparks movies, you know, for those that don't know, he did like the notebook, uh, he did the notebook and all those shit, right? 
I even watched The Vow. I actually liked The Vow. I didn't mind it. That, that was with Channing Tatum, Rachel McAdams. You know, I, I I just started watching romance movies. I don't know, maybe to like, it like it was almost like self inflicting wound. You know, when you get dumped, you're kind of like fuck romance, fuck love. And then I'd watch fake love and romance or whatever, and be like, Ugh, it hurts. I wish I had that. You know, but um, yeah, I I did that. You know, but uh, eventually, you know, you 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 just want to laugh. Look, romance and love can is sometimes funny. It's hilarious how things work out, you know, and don't work out or whatever. Right. At the end of the day, you know, if it, wherever you are, maybe you just broke up. Maybe you're in a long term relationship. Maybe you're still happily married and in love after 35 years. Whatever your whatever your love situation is, it's, it's an interesting thing. You know, it's an interesting thing. So that's why. But for me, because I like funny shit and I don't mind the romance. Uh, I want to talk about the 90s. You know, romance. So the reason why I wanted to talk about the '90s is that I felt like that's a that's a time period in comedy uh, where you could still get away with. Look, the '90s for those that don't know, the '90s were a magical time. Okay, you know the 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 '90s were imagining. You know, I know for me personally, you know, my influences when it came to '90s and romance, it was always. It was always guys that were simps, okay? To be honest, look, the 90s were a big time of simps and love. You know, the perfect example, you had... Wait, well, let me think about who you had. No, the, okay, look, the 90s were a big time of simps. You know, you had you had your Steve Urkel, who loved, loved Laura in Family Matters. You had uh, uh, Screech. From Saved by the Bell, like Lisa Turtle. Who else? Like like the Boy Meets World, Kevin Matthews and Topanga. Like in the 90s, every every show was pretty much about how the simp, you know, loved the girl. And that had a big influence on me. You know, in the 90s, I was simping hard, you know. I remember in, in elementary school, you know, there was a there was a girl that I liked. For legal reasons, we're going to call her Miss D, you know, and I simped hard so much to the point that at one point she asked me to kiss her shoe and I did that, you know, so much to the point where I think I remember one time. I oh, Fuck, she did weird shit. Like, I remember one time she she told me to, like, kiss her shoe. She told me to, like, uh, carry shit for her. Or whatever, and in return, uh, all I really got was um, I was able to drink her, her her leftover Coke can. We were we, she bought a Coke, and she's like, "Do you want to finish this?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, yeah." And I and I I drank the rest of her Coke. That's how far I got with her, you know. And she ended up uh, sucking off one of my boys, you know. But I've been I've been simping. I've been simping since ninety five. I've been simping since 95, you know, so uh, that that because of what I watched on television and the movies and all that stuff, I got influenced that that's how you get a girl, you know, but we out here in 2022 and we now know simping ain't the way if you're simping ain't the way to go. You ain't going to get it if you simp, you know, you need to be a guy that's got his shit together. You need to be here's 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 the thing, because I see these videos online of like social media guys and 
and and influencers and and alpha males and all that shit that are like that are like you know trying to be you know try to play the game or whatever and i read the book the game by uh neil strauss and all that stuff i I read a whole bunch of psychology books i'm into that shit at the end of the day it comes down to these simple rules if you want to be a guy you got to be rich as fuck or have your wealth in order you got to be a healthy fuck you got to be jacked and tanned or at the very least of good health and lastly you got to be you got to be confident th- th- those are the three those are the three aspects you got to have your wealth in order you got to have your your body in order and you you got to be a, you got to be confident right and then confidence comes in all forms it could be maybe you're a little cocky you know maybe you're a little funny or maybe maybe you're just sure of yourself you don't get you don't get uh you don't get waved when 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 some shit happens right so you just if you can master those three things and focus on those three things rather than simping you know uh you you'll get you'll get you'll get the girl you'll get uh, you'll get the girl that you deserve you know hopefully one that's like not going to fucking fall apart halfway through your marriage you know <laughs> there's a whole psychology behind it man about how guys get better with age and then girls kind of like you know they start off as hot shit in their 20s and they slowly and then you're supposed to meet them at like the cross point right of like you are climbing up the scale of life while she's kind of on the downgrade right maybe put a couple babies in her she gains a little bit of weight and then you know she continues on that downward trend and then eventually halfway through the marriage you know you divorce her right you know she's all and then you know you you because you're still climbing up you're like a now you're like a guy in your like 50s and 60s and you're like no 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 fuck it i'm i can still pull i'm at, i can still pull top tier top tier pussy as bill dan bilzerian would say you know and then you you know you you divorce that your downhill wife and then you you get yourself like a, at this time maybe a 30 25 year old uh hot thing that's still got it right and then Again, she's going to be going down. You're now going to be like in your 70s and 80s. You divorce her again, and this is why. This is why. This is why. <laughs> this is why you see a lot of guys like like when you look at. Here's the thing, because I I'm in my 30s now. I got friends who just got married and all that stuff, and are starting a family and all that stuff in love, and I I tr- you know I, I never want hopefully and I and I'm never I hope. They have long, lustrous, successful marriages and all that stuff. But I sometimes look at like not just celebrities, but I sometimes look at stories because I'm 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 a big picture kind of guy, and I look at like you know how many guys in their sixties and seventies that have been married three four times in their lives, right? Who've been, you know, whatever. And you and here here's the thing: you go on Google right now and find a celebrity musician. Nothing, or just even a politician. Find somebody that you're interested in, a male that's in his fifties or sixties, and just do a Google search of like you know who they've been married to, right? Percentage wise, they're gonna get you know get at least one divorce, right? Some some guys never learn, right? But it's amazing, you know. 
but I still believe in love, not simping. So that's my that's my advice when it comes to that shit, you know. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, yeah. Listen, uh, look, look. These movies that I'm about to go through, they're not. Do not use these movies as an example of what love should be. At the end of the day, love, relationships, and all that shit is about growth and coming together. But at the end of the day, why the fuck are you listening to about love and growth? From a guy, from a single guy who's doing a podcast in a car. Okay? You know, be careful from who you take advice from. This is not an advice. I'm not giving advice on anything health, relationship-wise. I'm here to just entertain you. Spit some fucking facts and opinions that I know, and then you do what you need to do. Okay? But just remember, guys, climb that fucking ladder. And ladies, listen, you're gonna, it's just, it's just... It's just how shit works, you know, and I hope it was, I, I wish it wasn't like so, but keep on top of your shit because, you know, if you did, if you decline a little too fast, that guy, you know, unless he's a fucking saint, which, you know, not too many guys are, you know, and I do, I, I don't know, man, the whole marriage thing is interesting to me, <laughs> you know, uh, that being said, look, at the end of the day, I, I'm a single guy for a reason, right? I mean, look, I got my. I got my wealth in order. I got a pretty nice fucking car, you know. My health is falling apart, though, you know. And my mental health is fucking, I mean, the fact that I'm doing a podcast in a car should explain how I'm doing in life. Okay, guys, ladies, you know, but I'm climbing. Every day I'm climbing out of my fucking hole, okay. And you know what it is? It's two steps forward, one step back. It's a small fucking progress, but we out here climbing, you know. I'm I'm basically the free solo. If you've watched that documentary about the guy that climbs mountains without no strings, I'm free soloing my fucking life. Climbing up, I may fall and fucking fail, but I'm out here climbing, you know? So, uh, yeah, whatever that means, you know. <sighs> yeah, you could tell, you could t- you could tell I need I need I need to get into I, I haven't been one I or I haven't I haven't dealt with sh- listen through the pandemic, I, 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 I've not done anything. I mean, I haven't talked. Well, I haven't really, no, I haven't really done shit, you know, and it's starting to drive me a little crazy, but uh, I think it makes for better content. So uh, content over relationships. Anyways, so let's get it. I want to go uh, through through some of the romantic movies. I'm going to be talking about 10 of them. Uh, the way I'm going to be going about it is I'm going to give you a couple of facts about the movies. You know, the year it came out. Uh, the IMBD score that it got here, the best things in life podcast. We like IMBD. We tend to find it a little bit more accurate than say Rotten Tomatoes. Metacritic tends to be also really good too, but uh, I don't know. IMBD seems to be kind of in the middle, right? Uh, and then I'm going to tell you about the box office. You know, you know, at the end of the day, romantic movies they're pretty cheap to get made. You know, but if they can do well, it says something. It's because people love them, right? Uh, and then, you know, I'm going to tell you about who they star, you know, because at the end of the day, the thing about romantic movies is the stars, the chemistry at the end of the day, the chemistry sells the story. You know, there, there's a reason why Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks have done 20 different movies together. There's a reason why uh, there's a reason why. What's it called? Notebook. Uh, fucking uh, Ryan Ren- Ryan, no, no, Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams made that movie work. I mean, they ended up actually dating and. You know, but he's got Eva Mendes now. So, Ryan, good job. 
Um, no, but what's it called? Uh, Rachel McAdams still fucking hot. Yeah, but anyways, uh, yeah, they, they, I'm gonna tell you about the stars who and them, you know, because the chemistry that they have sell the movie, and then I'll tell you a little bit about what the movie's about, you know, and and then eventually we're gonna get to the best '90s romantic comedy, you know. Uh, so the way I'm gonna be going is I'm gonna be going it in uh chronological order, starting from 1990 all the way to 1999, and uh, we will determine what the best is. You know, and for those of that, like, they're like, oh, he already knows. He already knows which one of the best is. He's just wasting our time t- t- trying to get. No, to be honest, I-, I make these lists. I look at the data. I, you know, I-, I put a little check marks on the ones that I'm like, yeah, they're obviously great. Some of them I'm like, eh, you know, but I make the decision on the fly right now. I mean, and to be honest, there's going to be times where like, like I remember the other night I needed to take a piss. So I think I might have just made a dumb. And there's listen, there's things where maybe I'll I'll need to update eventually in the future. But right now, uh, right now, this is this is how it is, okay, guys. So, don't don't get fucking triggered, okay. It's just fucking movies. So, anyways, let's start with the first movie. Uh, kind of, kind of the big, big, big one on the fucking list today. Uh, the first movie I'm talking about came out in 1990. I'm talking about Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman uh, came out in 1990. Uh, starring Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. You know, the chemistry between them was amazing. They ended up doing, I think, maybe two or three other films together. Uh, you know, they, they you know, Richard Gere kind of like this. He, I think he'd just come off the movie American Gigolo. And I think Julie, this might have been Julia Roberts' first movie. And dude, she was super hot in this movie. Um, IMBD gave this movie a 7.1. Uh, and box office wise, we're looking at about 178. A million dollars uh but yeah the, the movie pretty woman basically the story is and i, I got a synopsis here it's a a man in a legal but hurtful business i forget if he was i forget what he was uh needs an escort for some social events and hires a beautiful prostitute he meets only to fall in love so this is why this is why this is a particularly 90s movie and this is why i when it comes to my decision i wanted to pick a movie that is particularly of that time do you think you could get a movie done today where a rich white man picks up a prostitute saves her from poverty you know and falls in love with her you think you could pull that movie today hell no do you know the type of triggered things you'd get today but yeah i mean i mean the movie the movie the movie plays with uh you know it is kind of that the old formula of the, the the knight in shining armor saving the damsel in distress you know, uh, you know, the damsel in distress happens to be a very beautiful prostitute. Um, and I remember I was listening to a story about this uh, pretty woman and they were saying that originally the, the movie was supposed to be a little bit more wackier. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the, the idea of like, yeah, business fall, businessman falling in love with a prostitute could. But but the way that this movie came out, it, 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 it had a little it had more heart to it. It had a bit more like it was a little bit more grounded than. Than than uh, than what I think it was supposed to be or whatever, right? I I think it was supposed to be more of a wacky comedy, but um, yeah, no, Pretty Woman was a really, or maybe it was supposed to be darker. I don't I don't know, but yeah, Pretty Woman. It's uh, and then look, the the chemistry with Richard Gere and Julia Roberts worked really well. There's there's uh, there's obviously that iconic scene. There's a scene that um, you know, where he's he's giving her a necklace and, you know, um. And if you've seen the scene, it's where he's improv. It was a hundred percent improvised. 
She's looking at a necklace, about to touch it, and then he closes the thing on her. She breaks out laughing. You know, he breaks out laughing. And there's like that, there's like that real comedy of like these two like each other. These two, well, you know, I'm talking beyond just the acting. Like these two genuinely like each other. And it, it showed in the movie. And um, yeah, I don't know. Pretty Woman is a really good, it's a good movie about, uh, look, it's, it's not about, it's not about empowerment and all that stuff. But it's, it's just about a movie about a guy who maybe necessarily doesn't, I, I think, I think you went in the beginning, not really about, it was about love. He just needed the girl for her, like in a way, it's kind of cold. He needed the girl uh, to show up at events and he was going to just pay her. But Julia Roberts won over not only him, but the hearts of America and went on to do amazing movies. So yeah, Pretty Woman uh, in 1990. Um, definitely in 178 million box office, definitely one, one to contend with. Uh, the next one is, the next one is, um, I think this might've been the first one that they worked together, but uh, I'm talking about Sle- Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, came out in 1993. IMBD gave that one a 6.8. Uh, starring uh, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan who would go on to do a whole bunch of romantic comedies. I think Jover, you know what? might've been Jover's the volcano back in the eighties, actually that they, they started, but, or no, Jover, was that Sarah? Was that Sarah Gidget Parker? I don't know. My movies, when you watch as many movies as I have, sometimes movies blend together and they become one big fantastical thing. But yeah, Sleepless in Seattle with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Uh, ended up having a box office of uh, 126 million, uh, and the basic story is a recently widowed man, Tom Hanks. Uh, his son calls into a radio talk show in Seattle, and basically, the, you know, he lost his wife, hasn't really been dating, you know, the typical widower story, and all that stuff. And he starts telling his story on, on uh, over over the air because again, this is the 90s, guys. This is how it worked. And Meg Ryan, who I think lives in another city, I forget where or, or whatever, or somewhere else. She, I think, and I think she was also married or or, or engaged or, or or just in a relationship. Again, the story. I haven't seen some of these movies in a while, but Meg Ryan basically uh, starts to basically fall in love with who Tom Hanks is, without even knowing what he looks like, without you know you know, really knowing anything, but starts to learn about his story through through the radio talk show host, right? And then in good old fashioned uh, love story form, you know, uh, they eventually meet up, not spoiler, but they eventually meet up, fall in love, and the rest is history, right? And throughout the movie, there, you know, there's comedy bits of like, you, you know, like, 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 obviously her being still engaged with the guy, it's kind of like, Oh, I I'm starting to fall in love with this guy who I'm. I only know his story. I don't even know what he looks like. And then Tom Hanks being, you know, res, kind of hesitant about actually getting back out there in the market. So there, there's all that, right? So yeah, Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, another and listen, when it comes to Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, their 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 chemistry really works together. There's there's a certain like uh, I don't know. It 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 just really works. It, their their type of humor is they're not wacky humorous they're they're they're, they're kind of like they play it kind of real so yeah sleepless in Seattle uh the next one is definitely a wacky comedy and I would say this one leans more on the comedy side rather than the romance movie but it has those elements and it did pop up on a lot of lists 
And it's just a great movie overall. Also, really does relate to the month of February because I'm talking about Groundhog Day. Uh, Groundhog Day, the one with uh, Bill Murray and Andy McDowell. Uh, came out in 1993. IMBD gave that score a uh, score of 8 out of 10. And a box office of $70 million. You know? And this one obviously is not really... The, the whole So the whole story about it is a self-centered Pittsburgh weatherman finds himself inexplicably, 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 inexplicably God damn it, trapped in a small town as he lives the same day over and over again. So through whatever, and I forget reason why, maybe it's the groundhog, and I forget how, I almost forget how it ends. No, no, it ends with him actually getting out of it. But um, he basically goes to this buttfuck town, uh, punks a Tony Phil, I think you know, whatever. And he goes to this town and he, he's like, he just wants to get out, but he soon finds out that every time he goes to sleep, when he wakes up, it's the same time, same place. He wakes up and everything is exactly the same. And, uh, the, the, you know, obviously the wackiness of that comes, you know, he starts doing whatever he wants, whatever, but throughout the movie, because uh, he, he eventually, you know, he wants to get with Andy McDowell's character, who's like, I think, a co-anchor or or whatever from another thing. And he wants to get with her. And he tries to basically he uses the fact that he can get second chances, repeats. And also time is on his hand. I mean, there, there's a, there's a theory on online from somebody like who broke down, like because like there's there's a point where like he learns how to play piano. Right. And you're like, dude, to play that piano really well. You have to put in like 10,000 hours. So, you know, uh, he, there, there's a rumor that apparently he, this movie, Bill Murray's like, even though he's, re, you know, he's replaying the same day over or whatever. Apparently, they're saying that he must have been there for like 10 years or whatever. Right. And again, I don't this is, this is not really part of the plot, but, you know, he basically what he tries to do is he tries to learn things to become a better valued uh, or, or he basically tries to become a, a, the man of Andy McDowell's character, right? You know, whether, you know, she wants, she talks about something, you know, uh, about books, about science, about whatever Bill Murray's character, even if he fails on his first shot, he knows he's got a shot the next day. Right. And eventually, you know, through, through, through uh, 10,000 hours of practice and, 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 and failure and trying again, he eventually, you know, gets Andy McDowell because, listen, when you can't fail and you can work on your your mistakes, you know, you become the perfect man for her. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the movie, the movie, the movie, even though I would say the movie is more comedy and wacky comedy, uh, the fact that, that, you know, it plays with that, like, you know what, at the end of the day, he's going to use his time to slowly become. Uh, the, the the man of Andy McDowell, and then they get together in the end. And I forget, I forget if uh, I forget how it ends. I actually forget how it ends. But yeah, Groundhog's Day, uh, definitely just just in general, one of the best comedies in general of all time. So uh, definitely one to continue uh, consider. Uh, the next one on my list is one that is pure '90s uh, galore, uh, especially if you were a teen in the '90s. I'm talking about Clueless, Clueless which came out in 1995, starring Alicia Silverstone, you know, who was also Batgirl at one point, Stacey Dash, and Brittany Murphy. 
you know. Now, Alicia, you know, these women have since then have had uh, issues with, I think Alicia Silverstone got hacked because she was throwing up in her kid's mouth. Stacey Dash is like ultra right wing. And then Brittany Murphy, unfortunately, passed away like in the early 2000s, you know, so uh, a little bit rough there. But um, yeah, other than that, 1995, IMBD gave it a 6.9. Box office did $56 million. And basically the story is it's about a shallow, rich and socially successful uh, girl, Alicia Silverstone, uh, is at the top of her Beverly School's uh, pecking order, uh, seeing herself as a matchmaker. She basically, uh, you know, she tries to hook up like teachers who are in love. She tries to basically because uh, what's her name? Brittany Murphy's character kind of plays like this, like and, and listen, this was a big theme of the 90s, like this nerdy kind of unwanted girl. And then, you know, she uh, she kind of fixes her up. And then there's like love triangles involved. And again, this was like pure 90s teen drama, you, you know, and all that stuff. Uh and, you know, Paul Rudd was in the movie and he hasn't aged a day. If you watch that movie, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, um, yeah, Clueless, it's it it because it, here's the thing, like Alicia Silverstone's character kind of comes off as a superficial um, klutz or, or, you know, you know, you know, or stuck up, you know, as we'd say in the 20 as, as we as we would say now, she comes off as a bit of a kind of comes off a bit a bit of a high stuck bitch. Right. But. You soon find out that, you know, no, she actually has these feelings. She actually does. And I forget who, who her love interest is. I think it's the guy that, maybe it's Paul Rudd? No, I forget. Again, it's been a while. But, yeah, there, there's romantic themes in it. Uh, more on the teen drama stuff. Teen teen comedy. Uh, you know, but other than that, Cool is definitely in, 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 the, in the running when it comes to 90 rom-coms. Uh, the next one on the list is definitely i would say could only have been done in the 90s because of its premise uh i'm talking about the movie you got mail you got mail which came out in 1998 again starring the chemistry kings of rom-coms tom hanks and meg ryan uh the movie ended up having a 6 point, uh, 6.7 imbd score and a box office score of $115 million. Uh, and basically, the story is about uh, a book superstore magnate, Joe Fox, a.k.a. Tom Hanks, and independent bookshop owner Kathleen Kelly uh, fall in love in the anonymously uh, through internet, uh, basically, internet uh, dating. You know, and they're both blissfully unaware that, that, that Tom Hanks is also trying to put her out of business. So basically... You got Tom Hanks's character, who's like this big bookstore conglomerate. Think of it like, you know, uh, Chapters or Indigo or whatever. And uh, he's trying to put uh, Meg Ryan's character out of business because she owns a little small shop or whatever, right? In in the real world, right? But uh, through, through the internet, and remember, the internet was really new at this time, and m- email was wrong. Or sorry, email was uh, was just new, and there was a thing called for those that don't know, there was a thing called AOL, America Online, where you would just send emails like like you got mail, you got mail. For those that don't know, it's a it's, it's a legit thing. That's how archaic it was. The fact that I got to explain what email is means I'm fucking old. But anyways, that's how it used to work. You know, no 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 FaceTime, no uh, 
no freaking uh, ID tags. It was just simple from an email from a certain person, right? And, and you know, I, I don't even think they use like, because I, I think they use like pseudonyms. They didn't use their real name for emails, right? So they eventually get connected through through that way. And they start exchanging, you know, banter between, you know, just like D, they basically DM'd each other. That's a translation of how things went. And they soon start to fall in love for each other. They're like, oh, my God, she's she's an intellectual. He's an intellectual. And obviously, the boat, the fact that they're both bookstore owners and in that world, there's obviously similarities. So they're, they're obviously bound to fall in love. But, yeah, they start to, like, really, you know, uh, fall for each other. And then, obviously, there comes a, a turning point where they have to meet each other. And they soon find out, oh, my God, this is actually my worst enemy. You know, so comedy ensues. And Dave Chappelle, I think, also is in the movie as well, uh, really early on. Um, but yeah, the, the the movie the movie really is uh, tied to the to the fact that that technology at that time could lead to that, right? So, you know, and the whole the whole idea of, uh, you know, what even though because here's the thing: if it wasn't for the email, they would have just been enemies. They would, or you know, they would have been like, oh fuck that bitch, right? But because they 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 first you know. Anonymously met via email, they fell in love that way, and in the end, as we all know, like all romantic comedies, they get together and live happily ever ever after, you know, because that's how it works in movies. But we know that's not how it works in real life, you know. Uh, the next one on my list is one that is definitely a good comedy. Uh, you know, definitely way, I, I would say probably one of the funnier ones, one of the funniest ones on this list today. I'm talking about There's Something About Mary, which came out in 1998, starring Cameron Diaz, Matt Dillon, and Ben Stiller. I think it was the Farley Brothers who directed, who did a whole bunch of fucking wacky movies. Uh, And IMBD gave it a 7.1. Box office, $176 million. And basically the story is, it's a man who gets a chance to meet up with his dream girl from high school, even though his date with her back then was a complete disaster. So basically, uh, Ben Stiller's character tried to date Cameron Diaz's character back in high school when he was just a nerd uh, and she was like a hot, like fucking, you know, the hot, the hot girl of the school. And I think he eventually, you know, cuts his dick on his zipper. There's a scene where he does that uh, and all that stuff. But anyways, years later, uh I think Ben Stiller hires Matt Dillon's character, who's kind of like a shady fucking P.I., you know, kind of a douchebag or whatever, and tries to uh, tries to hunt down or tries to find out again because of the 90s, tries to find out about see because they didn't have Facebook. Right. So he uses Matt Dillon's character to find out about Cameron Diaz, you know, and then eventually, you know, they they get they get they meet each other. Matt Dillon's character also falls for her because there's something about Mary, a.k.a. she's a hot Dude, Cameron Diaz in the 90s, muy bueno, okay? So, uh, and then I think eventually you find out that she was dating Brett Favre, who was, you know, quarterback of Green Bay back at the time. But yeah, the movie the movie's just, it, it deals with a lot, it, you know, the love triangle aspect of it, the, uh, the wackiness of it. It's definitely a really good comedy. And in the end, she ends up with the person she's supposed to because that's how romantic comedy. And I'm not going to tell you, you got to watch the movie just to know. But she ends up with the guy she's supposed to. Uh, the next one on my list is one that uh, it's my I, I you know just to give full disclosure this is my favorite one on the list I I, I love this movie 
Uh, I'm talking about The Wedding Singer. The Wedding Singer uh, came out in 1998, starring Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. And they, again, another chemistry, comedy chemistry couple. They would go on to do other films as well. But this is definitely the one that, like, you know, put them on the, on the built that map. Um, IMBD gave it a 6.9, ended up grossing $80, $80 million. Um, and basically the story is Robbie, a.k.a. Adam Sandler's character, a singer, and Julia, Drew Barrymore characters, uh, a waitress, are both engaged, but to the wrong people. You know, fortune intervenes to help them discover each other. So basically, uh, ben, ben, uh, or sorry, uh, Adam Sandler's character is a wedding singer. He goes, and it's set in the 80s, you know, and he's a wedding singer. Uh, and then he, you know, he, his, his fiance kind of fucks him over a lot of time and he gets heartbroken and whatever. And meanwhile, uh, Drew Barrymore character also dates a kind of like a douchebaggy kind of guy or whatever. And, but she's still in love, you know, I mean, you know, that's the guy he, she, she thinks she's supposed to marry, you know, and all that stuff. And there, again, this is where they're supposed to be with, uh, you know, they're with other people, but eventually they're like, oh, my God, they actually they and the this is where the chemistry parts of it throughout the movie. You know, they're, they're dating other people, whatever. And then they fucking fall. They fall for each other. But, they, you know, obviously they're, they're with fiancés. And, yeah, the movie eventually builds and builds and builds. And then the end, you know, they're obviously got to get together and you're like rooting for them. There's a there's there's a scene at the end where it's like, you know, Adam Sandler is playing a guitar. Billy Idol's there. It's the fucking 80s. There's a lot of 80s throwbacks to it. And uh, yeah, dude, overall, the movie is just Steve, Steve Buscemi is in it as a hilarious character. Fuck, I might actually go watch it tonight. But it, it, it's definitely a hilarious movie. And, you know, with, with uh, Adam Sandler, you know, all his boy and all his crew, he doesn't miss. You know, it's it's wacky. But it also has it of all his romance because he's done a bunch of rom coms. Of all the rom coms, Sandler has the this is the one that actually you're like, oh man, this one actually like this one's actually romantic, you know. So yeah, the wedding singer, uh, definitely, definitely a contender. My favorite, just to give you full disclosure, it's my favorite. Um, the next one is one that uh, pretty much I think got a remake recently, but they switched genders. Uh, and and this one was also a remake from the, I think a movie from from the from from another old classic. I'm talking about the movie She's All That, uh, which came out in 1999, uh, starring Freddie Prince Jr., Rachel E. Cook, and and even uh, a young Paul Walker. You know, um, the movie got a 5.9, a box office 103 million dollars, and basically the story is a high school jock makes a bet that he can turn an unattractive girl into the school's prom queen. Now, again, this is this is a this is a plot that would probably not fly today, but they actually did do a remake with the one with Addison Ray. She did, I think he's all that or something or whatever. She turns like a nerdy boy into like the prom king or whatever. Uh so so yeah, with the gender switched, they can do this movie, but back in the day uh yeah, but the, the the thing that makes this fun movie funny is that, dude, Rachel Lee Cook even as a nerd was a smoke show, dude. For any of my any of the guys back in the nineties, if you were around, she did uh 
look, Rachel Lee Cook is without a doubt one of the most underrated hot babes of the 90s. You know, if you watched, you know, she, listen, you, at the time, you know, you had your Britney Spears, you had your J-Lo's, you had, you know, a whole thing. Rachel Lee Cook was so underrated in terms of babes, you know. But basically, yeah, the story is because uh, uh, Freddie Prince Jr.'s character gets dumped by whatever. And then Paul Walker, who's kind of like a douche bro, is like, hey, man, you know what? I bet you can't turn, you know, I bet you can't turn that ugly, nerdy girl who's actually super hot into a prom prom, any prom queen or whatever, right? And, you know, as, as the movie goes, you know, they're they're training her and she eventually becomes. And this movie is, is basically a remake of uh, or an updated version of a movie, I think, with Laurence Olivier called... Uh, Oh my god, I'm drawing a black. It's it's a classic movie, uh, My Fair Lady. I believe it's My Fair Lady. You know, I think I got it right. If you're a movie buff, you should know. I I think I got it right. It's with Laurence Olivier, and he turned like two high class guys turn like this low low woman into a high class woman. Again, same same thing or whatever. And now we have the new Addison Ray one where they turn a nerdy boy into like the prom king, right? So. It's a plot that's been done before, but whatever. But yeah, she's all that. Uh, there's a lot of you know moments. Uh, the Cranberries do a good soundtrack on that as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say definitely one of the better teen drama love comedy movies of the 90s. Uh, the next one on my list is starring the great and late Heath Ledger. I'm talking about 10 Things I Hate About You, which came out in 1999 as well. Uh, starring Heath Ledger, Julia Stiles, and George, Jordan uh, Go Joseph Gordon Levitt, uh, ended up having an IMBD score of seven point three and uh, grossed sixty million dollars. Basic story is a pretty popular teenage girl can't go out on a date until the ill-tempered older sister uh, does as well. And this is actually based on the Shakespearean play of Taming of the Shrew. Where basically it's uh the one daughter wants to go out on a on a date or get courted or whatever as they say back in the day uh by one guy, but uh her father's like, wait a minute, you can't date until your bitchy kind of older sister or whatever goes on a date. In this case, that bitchy older daughter is Julia Stiles, you know, and no one really wants to date her because you know she's kind of uh, stuck you know she, she she's kind of like a pariah right as they would say uh but all of a sudden heath ledger who's kind of a an oddball himself wants to get with her and yeah the the, the movie deals with uh you know with, with them trying to match with each other you know like basically two 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 strong-willed individual forces eventually coming together uh to get some high school poom poom so yeah 10 things i hate about you definitely um again another obviously based on a shakespearean play so you obviously have the 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 storytelling and the drama of that but set in the 90s being a 90s kid 90s teen and all that stuff so really 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 well done and a lot of hilarity hilarity too uh the last one on my list today is uh one I never got into the British British rom-coms but definitely this would possibly be the king of the British rom-coms. Uh I'm talking about Notting Hill. 
Notting Hill. Uh, came out in 1999. Uh, IMBD gave it a 7.1. Uh, starring Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts. Again, Julia Roberts, another queen of rom-coms. Uh, ended up grossing $116 million. And basically the story is the life of a simple bookshop. Uh, Hugh Grant, owner, uh, changes when he meets the most famous film star in the world. So basically Julia Roberts is playing basically Julia Roberts and you know she goes to she's in London or whatever Notting Hill I think she's doing a movie I forget whatever and she meets uh Hugh Grant's character who's just an everyday uh everyday man an everyday British man you know just just carrying on and the comedy comes when you know these two op basically you would say these two opposites the the American starlet and the and the nerdy British books bookstore owner come together and try to make things work. And in the end, as we all know, love uh, wins, right? And that's how the movie works, you know? And it also, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you Grant started to do a whole bunch of American comedies too. Yeah, Mickey Blue Eyes, uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral and all that stuff. And he kind of got into those, for for a while, he kind of got typecasted into those roles. But yeah, Notting Hill, uh, definitely in terms of like, you know, those, those, uh, British rom-coms, uh, definitely one of the better ones, one of the top ones. So those are the best uh, movies of the 90s that involved romantic comedies. Uh, before I do, I did want to mention a couple of ones that kind of like sparked my interest, popped up on a lot of lists. I thought that they were either not as funny or maybe not directly, not directly to, to you know, some of them were just not not as I think as funny or may, maybe they were a little bit a little bit more about something else rather than just being a romantic comedy um or they just you know they just got knocked off the list guys okay uh but i'm talking about can't hardly wait runaway bride again that one's another julia roberts one never been kissed that one's with uh uh drew barrymore as good as it gets jack nicholson my best friend's wedding again another julia roberts one uh the best man Truth about cats and dogs, how Stella got her groove back. Basically, about uh, Angela Bassett, an old, an aging girl who hooks up with a young Tay Diggs, and uh, you know, that's hilarious, right? Um, blast from the past, you know, with uh, another '90s heartthrob, aka uh, why am I drawing a bank? He was in the Mummy. He's he's he, oh my god. Oh my god. I I get him I get him mixed up with Chris O'Donnell. Uh George of the Jungle. Come on, guys. You know who I'm talking about. Ah, uh, I'm not gonna get his name. It's gonna suck. I'm sorry. But you know, you know who I'm talking about. Brendan Fraser. There you go. See, my brain still works. My brain still works. So yeah, boss from the past. Uh while you were sleeping, which kind of was in the same time and similar to uh uh Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, and then the preacher's wife with Denzel, you know, and um, Whitney Houston, Gross Point Blank, which was a cool kind of like I would say action rom com, because you know he's like a hitman and all that stuff. Chasing Amy, which was a really interesting uh, thing that came out in the nineties with, uh, basically Ben ben, uh, ben Affleck trying to get with a girl that's a lesbian and he converts her over because you know they love each other, 
right? And uh, Jason Amy. And then obviously uh, there's also Four Weddings and a Funeral, but I thought Notting Hill was the better of the British rom-coms. So with all those movies from the 90s, which is the one I think you guys should watch today, this Valentine's, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to what represents the 90s, what also is a funny movie that you will get your last and one that also has a good genuine romance romantic aspect so something that's pure 90s pure uh pure romance and a pure comedy which one do i think i gotta go with um look i mean my, my favorite one guys i love i love the wedding singer right it's fucking hilarious and the chemistry is amazing uh Pretty Woman, I think, again, a very unique story to it. And the chemistry between Gear and Roberts is up there. Uh, Groundhog Day in general is just is just a great comedy. So if you if you want just pure laughs, I would say if you want the funny ones, Groundhog, something about Mary and the Wedding Singer. Right. And then there's the teen drama ones. T- uh, she's all that. Ten Things I Hate About You and Clueless, you know. Um, but if I had to say uh, a romantic comedy that represents the 90s and you can look back to the 90s, I got to say it's between Pretty Woman, You Got Mail, because that's only a story that could be told from the 90s. Uh, yeah, I got to say, I got to say You Got Mail, Pretty Woman. Ooh, this one's actually interesting because of the funny ones, Wedding Singer, You Got Mail and Pretty Woman. Okay, those are those are definitely the thing. And I again, I don't want to get biased because again, you know, Wedding Singer is the funniest out of all these all these three. But in terms of which one was more romantic, I mean, Pretty Woman was also romantic too. It's Richard Gere, right? Uh, but I think of the one that represents the '90s the best of what '90s was the best. You got mail, you know? So, ooh, this one's actually interesting. Okay, if I had to pick the best romantic comedy of the 90s, uh, I got to go with Pretty Woman. I got to go with Pretty Woman. And I know, I know there might be, you know, a lot of, a lot, a lot of ladies that are like, oh, yeah, because it's, a, it's about a straight white male saving a prostitute from the streets. Exactly. Exactly. I think, I think again, it's a story that can't really be told again, you know, or, or, or at the very least the way it was. I think, I think, you know, um, the romance in it is, 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 is nice and it's, and all that. And listen, nothing's funnier than a rich white man picking up a prostitute and falling in love, you know? Uh, yeah, I would, I would say that, uh, you got mail is just, uh, it's Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. I think, I think, um, and the wedding singer is just funny. If you want funny, funny, go with the wedding singer. But I think of something that you could only get away with telling in the nineties, it's gotta be pretty woman, you know? So I, I, yeah, that's pretty much how it is. I think the best romantic comedy of the nineties, especially the one that came out or really early on. I gotta go with uh, I gotta go with Pretty Woman. Uh, it's it it I think it's a staple of, of of romantic comedies. You know, there's obviously been movies maybe similar to it. You know, kind of a whatever. And and, and look, it started Julia Roberts as this 
I mean, she went on to do a whole bunch of rom-coms, right? But this is the this is the one that really started her off. So, yeah, I think the best the best romantic comedies is Pretty Woman. So that's how pretty much how the podcast works. I hope you're listening to this. I hope you're going to get some this Valentine's Day. And if not, uh, just remember that you can always just uh, go on Pornhub and service yourself. But uh, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Best Things in Life podcast with me, Kevin Amoki. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. And, uh, you know, just remember, you got mail. <laughs>